What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap, our inaugural rip in the new Bitcoin Commons studio, the TFTC studio at the Austin Bitcoin Commons. Vibes are high here. I think they're only going to rise from here on out. Special guest in RHR today, uh, Parker Lewis. Um, so enjoy. This rip was brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash Cash up, sell you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets, if you so please. You can send sats over the Lightning Network on Cash App now. They're rolling that out to people. I've done it. It's pretty cool. Um, Cash App can be your bank account. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, make sure you do so using the code stacking sats. S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> Owls the cross. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital, who we now share office space with. Unchained's down the the hallway. We're in the Bitcoin Commons, the Austin Bitcoin Commons. This is TFTC's new studio in the Austin Bitcoin Commons. And so I, I get to walk out of the commons and the Unchained teams there get to say, what's up, guys? Keep working on your incredible product suite, which includes a multi-sig volt, a two or three multi-sig quorum in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one key. Uh, and this is how you protect your Bitcoin. You leverage Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. You eliminate single points of failure in this model. You don't hold your Bitcoin on an exchange. You don't hold it in a single SIG wallet. Instead, you leverage the collaborative custody model with Unchained to distribute risk, your, your private key risk. You, you, again, you hold two keys, so you can always move your Bitcoin when you want if you have those two keys and you're able to sign with them. Uh, if you're ever in a pinch and you only have one key, Unchained is there to be the second into two two or three multi-seed quorum. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a vault. Uh, the white glove service comes with multiple video conference calls. They're going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to make sure you're comfortable with everything. They're going to help you set everything up. And then again, they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into your vault once it's all set up. If you tell them that TFTC sent you, you're going to get 10% off that package. They have a bunch of other things at Unchained. Go check out everything they have going on at Unchained.com. Incredible team here. Very proud and happy to be working down the ha hallway from them here at the Bitcoin Commons. This room was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains. <clears throat> Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Brains is the team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in the world. Uh, they're also the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, auto-tuning firmware, which if you have an ASIC that's compatible with Brains OS Plus, you download it, the firmware onto that ASIC, and then you run that ASIC, you're going to stack more sats because you're going to be producing more hash. It's a beautiful thing. If you have a miner that is compatible with the Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you are leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. Beyond the auto-tuning firmware and slush pool. If you use the auto-tuning firmware and you point it at slush pool, you don't have to, but if you do, you get 0% pool fees. Nice little vig there. They have insights.brains.com, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Uh, at insights.brains.com, you're going to get an incredible uh, suite of data tools for the mining industry. Uh, if you're running a mining business, you're going to want to go check out insights.brains.com. 
This show was also brought to you by good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is also another company leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig uh, properties. And what they're doing specifically is they're providing a lending product for you, a two or three uh, multi-sig escrow account in which you hold a key, your counterparty in the, the loan holds a key, and then Hoddle Hoddle holds the third key. What you do is you put Bitcoin in this two or three multi-sig quorum as collateral. You get stable coin liquidity in return. You go spend those stable coins as you see fit, and as long as you're paying back that uh, stable coin loan plus the interest associated with the loan, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. Uh, the beauty of this setup is, again, since you hold one of the keys in the two or three multi-sig quorum, you can't just unilaterally move the funds out of the account because that wouldn't make any sense. However, you do have visibility into the wallet, which uh, gives you peace of mind because you know that your sats aren't being rehypothecated and you don't have any default risks there uh, on the the lender side. And if you pay your your loan back, you're going to get your sats back. And you can see that because they're in the two or three multi-sig escrow account. Um, so go check this out at lend.hodlehodl.com. Should mention no KYC, no AML. Uh, it's it's the best way to get liquidity without giving up too much information. lend.hodlehodl.com. This show was also brought to you by our good friends at BTC Media, which is throwing Bitcoin 2022. Bitcoin 2022 is going to be the biggest Bitcoin event in the history of the world. Uh, it is being held in South Beach, Miami, uh, April 6th to the 9th, 6th to the 9th, South Beach, Miami. Uh, all four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day for enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem. Day two and three are general conference days. Featuring speakers like El Salvador's president, Naib Bukele. Uh, apparently, he's got a big surprise coming out. Uh, CEO, uh, CEOs in space, including Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Mallers, Adam Back, and, uh, Marty Bent, uh, and hundreds more. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, which is headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic, Stevie Aoki, Got added to the list. CL, Run the Jewels, San Holo, San Holo, excuse me, Dead Mouse. They're all going to be there. Uh, last year's conference sold out, and this year's is on pace to be 3x larger. So make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Pay in Bitcoin to save and use the promo code TFTC for 10% off. And I'll see you in Miami. Matt and I will be doing a live rabbit hole recap. Enjoy this, Rip Freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Matt, your video is looking great. Is that a new I camera? So. Is that a new camera? New mic? New camera, same mic, new stand, new computer. Let's fucking go 2022. 2022. And I'm here in Austin, sixth in Congress at the Bitcoin Commons in the new TFTC studio. Very bare bones right now. As you can see, we have some sound wall behind us. We're going to clean it up to get it all chopped up. Car 
is confirming, Matt, that your your video looks good uh, outside Sweet. here. Um, so we're live. We're going. 2022, we're stepping it up. It's January, let's say, 19th. Yeah, 20th. 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 We're moved into the new studio. It's happening quick. We're gonna get. I'm going. I'm going to Round Top, Texas tomorrow to a big antique fair. We have to drive like an hour and a half. This big antique fair. To we're gonna try and furnish this thing, make it look good. I'm excited. I did like a, a christening rip with uh, Lisa Nigat from Blockstream this morning. She is. Oh, I love Nifty. She's fucking fantastic. She really is fantastic. She one of the easiest conversations I've ever had on this podcast. She could just she's very bubbly, very smart, incredibly. Good conversationalist. Um, I think we're lucky to have her working uh, uh, in the Bitcoin space. Hundred percent. Yeah. Great. Grateful for Nifty and uh, the countless other open source contributors we have uh, working to build out the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, without them, uh, and the full ecosystem in general, just yeah. like without them, we would literally have nothing. You'll be happy to know she got an open Sats uh, shill in too. Open Sats I, got I'd expect, I was I was about to put in an open sat show, but yes, I'm very <laughs> grateful that she's on the board of open sats with me. And hopefully we should be publicly launching very, very soon. We do have our uh 501c3 tax deductible status already, which you guys is got good stickers. I, I like the stickers. Yeah, stickers are important in the Bitcoin space. People like stickers. They really are. But yeah, maybe it's a good first topic, not even on the list. Don't put them on your phones and your laptops. Especially if you're traveling, did you see that? Yeah, going around I mean, this definitely week? if it doesn't say, definitely if it doesn't say, if it says Bitcoin on it, that doesn't say Bitcoin on it, right? It's just open. No, sats. just open sats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's going to know what open sats means for like another five years until it's like just one of the biggest uh, open source development funds in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Then don't put it on your laptop. <laughs> but that's like seriously, don't put this Bitcoin sticker stuff on your laptops and your phones. There was a video. Of a woman who got stopped by customs in the U.S. because they saw that she had a Bitcoin.com sticker, brutal for her in many regards. Uh, are you she, sure they didn't do it because it was like a horrible website? I mean, maybe, maybe there was a maximalist at the uh, at, at customs. He's like, all right, I just need to give her a little hard time for for the Bitcoin. I think no, I don't think the <laughs> I don't think the guard. At customs, and knew that Bitcoin.com is run by uh, uh, somebody who's not really pro Bitcoin the, anymore. There's some <laughs> argument to be made that a Bitcoin.com sticker is not actually a Bitcoin sticker, but I'm assuming that it's argument didn't apply with the customs. Didn't apply yeah. with the customs people. Wait, so what happened here? I missed this. I didn't see it. She was flying. She, she was so not American coming into America. She's no. She's American coming back to America. Um, going through customs. They see the Bitcoin.com sticker on her phone and they ask her, like, are you carrying Bitcoin? Like, we'd like to um, check your phone for that. And luckily for her, she's a lawyer and she pulled out some lawyer speak, was like, no, you can't do that. But civil asset forfeiture is a thing. Bitcoin is cash. This is a weird thing, too, though, is, I mean, yes, you can have wallets that are signing devices on your phone. You can have apps uh, like Blue Wallet, it's essentially a signing device, but like the Bitcoin technically, yeah, is it on the wallet? It's on the ledger, which you can't they really. They don't care. I know, but this is where 
Right. It's going to become a problem. It's a problem that I've expected for a long time. Well, first of all, if you go through customs or TSA or whatever, you have absolutely no rights. I mean, maybe you have some rights. I'm not a lawyer, but you should operate under the assumption that you have absolutely no rights. Um, and you should not be carrying anything that uh, you don't want taken or searched. Um, that should be your expectation. Obviously, we joke around, but you shouldn't have anything that's labeled Bitcoin or says anything Bitcoin related. Um as as governments start to become more aware of Bitcoin, uh, this is going to become a bigger issue because, you know, a lot of a lot of countries have rules where you're not allowed to travel with more than ten thousand um, dollars. And that's in the quote unquote free world. Uh, obviously, authoritarians have even stricter rules in terms of moving wealth around. Um, so I expect Bitcoiners to be targeted. It's one of my biggest regrets about being a public facing Bitcoiner. <laughs> Uh, it's something that I've expected uh, going through security and customs for years now on myself, and it hasn't happened yet, fortunately, but I expect it to be inevitable. And actually, one of the things I do is um, I have an old, uh, I have a Trezor T, the original Trezor, which is like a hardware wallet I don't think anyone should use um, because it's outdated and insecure from physical tampering. But Casa sent me a free one when I was testing their service. So I still have it in the box. And I just, I keep it in my travel bag because I'm just curious. I want to like know when, when the security knows to look for it. Right. And no one's, no one's ever called me out on it yet. And I've been traveling a bunch. So I had a, actually when I was coming back from Nashville last month or December, yeah, last month after the, uh, uh, what is it? Nashbit? Bitnet? Nash Bitcoiners. Nabbit. Nash Bitcoiners meetup. Nabbit. And, and I had uh, for asking a good question during the meetup uh, on one of the panels. I was gifted an open dime. And I went through the airport. I forgot I had it in my pocket. Uh, I got and wore the same pants two days in a row. And then I'm going through security and have to like hastily throw this open dime that was funded. Because remember, I funded it on the live RHR that we did. Right. Uh, and so I had that in customs and I go through customs or not customs, TSA security. And I'm walking to my gate and I notice, oh shit, I forgot my open dime. So I had to run back to security. You left it in the tray? Yeah, it was in the tray. And then I was like, oh, I, I left something here. And the guy was like, what? And he like saw the open dime and he handed it to me. He's like, what is this? I was like, a uh, USB stick. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's but, yeah. the nice thing about open dimes. They look like USB drives. Yeah. Um, yeah, no idea. Yeah. But if I was a TSA, that's like the perfect thing. Like, you, you see an untouched open dime, you just put that in your pocket. Like, oh, nope, you lost it. Yeah, except that they're, I mean, like we're surveilled a shit ton going through airports, but the TSA sheep are like, they're, they're all on camera stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. Like my lady left her laptop once and we, you know, we went back like a half an hour later and it was still there. And, you know, they're on like a million cameras. They don't want to lose their, uh, they don't want to lose their job over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, so expect to get harassed at, at TSA checkpoints and customs checkpoints, freaks. I would, that's like when we did have merch and we will bring merch back probably uh, at some point in the future, we try to make it so that it's not uh, obvious that, that we're a Bitcoin show or a Bitcoin associated company. So that if you are wearing our merch, you're not, you're not getting harassed in public. That's going to become more of a thing. It's a shame, um, but I would expect it. Uh, moving forward. This is just like an intermediary. Uh, I mean, eventually everyone is going to be a Bitcoiner, right? So, yeah. 
Beware, freaks, beware. Um, start off with that public service announcement. It just popped to my head. <clears throat> we'll that wasn't on my radar at all, so thank you. Yeah. Now that um, well, if somebody in the, the comments has seen the video wants to post the link, maybe we could pull it up in a bit. Uh, going to Clark's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin right now is $43,005. One cuck buck's going to get you 2,325 sats. Current market cap of Bitcoin is $814.3 billion. Cuck bucks. We are at block height 719,670. We're getting close to a difficulty adjustment uh, in 42 blocks. There will be an upward adjustment. It's uh, right now estimated to be 9.9%. So almost 10% blocks are coming in at nine minutes and six seconds on average since the last adjustment. Again, the next one is in 42 blocks. So should happen uh, maybe even later tonight. Uh, no, that's. No. Uh, middle of the night for anybody East Coast, Central Time Zone, Pacific here in the U.S. Uh, there are 4,833 transactions in Clark's mempool. This new setup, it's like hard to read the uh, read the board. Uh, Growing pains. One sat per byte. Fees are going through. I sent a couple this week, so it's working. Uh, if you want to send cheap transactions, get them in. We're about to hit the weekend too. Usually uh, transaction volume goes down on the weekends. Unspent capacity in Whirlpool is 4,418.53 BTC or 190.3 million cuck bucks. Um, that's what we got on Clark's dashboard today. Uh, yeah, this difficulty. That fucking difficulty. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, talk about Pretty massive. And I tweeted out earlier. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. You go, go first. On. I just want like it's been twenty days since we made our end of year predictions. Just like me and Marty are taking back our under <laughs> below two fifty. Yeah, we're gonna hit three hundred. We, we were completely <laughs> wrong. We've been humbled. <laughs> Let the point be known. I don't want to hear any more about it for like the next three hundred and forty five days of the year. Just, it's done. Yeah. So hash rate. <laughs> Is, hey, it's it's. I mean, especially as we're, we're going to talk about the Intel news, obviously. But. We were so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not only the we'll we'll talk about all the mining news, but with this particular <laughs> with this particular difficulty adjustment, uh, again, even if it's, I believe, we need to get over twenty five point something trillion um, hashes for the difficulty to hit all time high. I think we're going to pass that with flying colors uh, in forty two blocks. So this difficulty adjustment that's going to happen uh, at some point in the next 24 hours will take us to a new difficulty all-time high, which is fascinating. And considering the uh, exodus of hash rate from China last year, if or when we have this upward difficulty adjustment to new difficulty all-time highs, uh, we would have an official hash rate recovery in less than 250 days from the first downward difficulty adjustment after the last all-time high difficulty. Um, so I think that's that's pretty crazy. And it shows the dynamic nature of the Bitcoin network, particularly the mining industry. Is again, we had one of the largest nations in the world kick out all the miners in their country or a lot of a significant amount of the hash rate in their country. Obviously, there's some stragglers that are mining off-grid and under the radar there. Um, but yeah, one of the largest superpowers in the world, uh, I would consider it, a light attack on the network in, in less than a year, in less than 250 days. Yeah, they the could have done worse. The network completely... But they fucked up. Yeah, they fucked up bad. The network's completely recovered. 
It's pretty insane. Yeah, new hash rate, all time high. That's crazy. Yeah. And I guess when we're speaking, we mentioned it, and we'll roll right into it. <clears throat> um, Intel came out with some new. Well, it, that's the funny thing. Intel didn't really come out with some news. Uh, Tom's Hardware, which is a new publication, I found. I actually like started going around the website. They, they, very I mean, good. Tom's been around forever. Yeah. Tom's like OG. Very good. Very good tech coverage. Um, so the I guess what they did at Tom's Hardware is there's going to be a conference next month. ICSS. I believe is the conference name, uh, ISCC, ISSCC, IWSCC. Um, at the end of next month. What does it month, stand for, Marty? Uh, I wrote it out in the newsletter. It's uh, International, International Solid State Circuits Conference. So a very great name for a conference. <laughs> yes, the International Solid State Circuits Conference next month. Uh, virtual conference on the twenty third. Tom's Hardware saw that Intel has a talk on the 23rd about chips and they sort of piece together like, oh, it looks like they're making a Bitcoin ASIC. And they cross-reference the the future uh, talk at this conference with an interview that the lead systems architect at Intel did at the end of last year uh, with some gaming YouTuber. And in that interview, he did allude to the fact that they're working on an ASIC that because he was asked if they're working on GPU mining stuff uh, specifically or if they're going to throttle GPUs so gamers uh, don't get like out outpriced by by people trying to mine shit coins and he's like oh no we're, we're working on a cryptocurrency mining thing but it won't be a GPU it'll be SHA-256 specific Intel in 2018 took out a patent that was specific to a SHA-256 data pathway as well so that SHA-256, HashCash SHA-256 is the hashing algorithm that's specific to Bitcoin. So all this leads us to believe that Intel is going to drop or at least unveil an ASIC next month at this conference. And then further confirmation came when the news that Grid, which recently went public, Bitcoin mining company here in the US with a great team. Shout out Harry Suddock. Shout out <coughs> Mike Hamilton. Love you, everybody there. Um, uh, they... Uh, basically dropped uh, an announcement that they they signed a deal with Intel to um, begin getting some of these chips and plugging them in. I believe September they're going to be delivered. No, no. September is when they signed the deal. Oh, they signed it in September. Yeah. And through May 2025, the grid deal guarantees them uh, 25% of Intel's production. That's pretty insane. Yeah. May 2025. Where will Bitcoin be at May 2025? That's a... (laughs) <laughs> Where will hash rate be? Well, so this is this has massive implications. Uh, so let's let's start talking through this. I just spoke for a while. I don't know if you want to come in uh, and add anything to what I just said, but I've got obviously being in the mining industry and ha- having chip production be the most centralizing factor of the Bitcoin stack right now. In my opinion, this is this is a massive topic. Keep going. You're on uh, it. Yeah, I mean, so Intel entry, obviously Intel's massive chip manufacturer. Right now in the mining space, we have Bitmain, we have MicroBT, we have a, it's a somewhat of a duopoly. There are other actors, Canon, Minerva, uh, other people Not producing really. ASICs, but yeah, yeah, yeah they're uh, minuscule compared to MicroBT and Bitmain. Uh, and so, MicroBT is the the former former Bitmain guy yes. went and created MicroBT. Yes, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Zhao, uh, who designed the S9, went and started MicroBT. 
So there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of uh, intermixing there. A very centralizing <laughs> Bitmain has their chips produced by TS, TSMC in Taiwan. Uh, MicroBT has their chips produced by Samsung in South Korea. Uh, it's, I really like that MicroBT is leveraging Samsung. Bitmain leveraging TSMC is a bit more uh, unnerving because of the looming potential of China to try to do to Taiwan what they just did to Hong Kong. Um, and so seeing an American chip producer step into the fray with a Bitcoin ASIC is massive for uh, just de-risking the mining industry, particularly how chips are produced. And so... But where does Intel have their foundries? I think they have some in North... I think in the United States and Canada, right? They're or not some, making them in Taiwan too? I don't know. They might be. I, I could be wrong here. I, I assume... I thought... What I heard is that they're they're leveraging a foundry with seven nanometer capacity in the U.S. It could be wrong though. Oh, if that's anybody, good. If anybody in the comments um, wants to correct me on that, please do so. Whatever. Intel's an American company. They're stepping in. Um, yeah, it's still it's still massive that an American company, of, especially the size of it, Intel, is doing it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think. Andy Grove is smiling in his grave right now. We've, we've shit a lot on Intel in the past and, and said that Andy Grove is, is, is turning in his grave. But uh, hopefully this is a, a good foray into it. And so, Takar, if you go back to that article, Raja, who is the uh, systems design architect for their chips at Intel, uh, go up a bit. Yeah, you don't have to play the video, but or go down, actually. Um, there's a quote. Yeah, that block quote that... Uh, and highlight the last sentence so I can read it. Um, here, one sentence above that too. So this is him. They they being able to do much more efficient blockchain. Let me read this. Um, There's a comment. Yeah. So they staying. think they think. So basically, what Roger said yeah. during this podcast um, alluded to the fact that the, the Intel team believes that the ASIC producers in the mining industry right now aren't being as efficient or, or doing it the right way. So he's saying that Intel can create these chips at a much lower cost, much lower power draw, which is huge for efficiency. Um, and, and they think that they can actually produce a better chip than, than Bitmain and MicroBT. Yet to be seen. I'm always inherently skeptical of... Yeah. Any anybody new, even Intel, entering the ASIC game, it's uh, historically been filled with a bunch of duds. Uh, with that being said, I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic that they will. Grid signing a deal that uh, like gives them 25% of the inventory through 2025. That's a massive amount of uh, of, of potential supply for them, which is good for the mining industry and good for Grid, but it's also a risk too that they definitely had to um, had to evaluate internally, and so if they're willing to sign that long term deal, they, I would imagine they well, had to see the chips to some extent and are validating like, all right, we're we're confident enough to to sign this deal to have uh, access my, to a quarter of your a chips. A couple of things. First of all, we have a freak in the comments, M Hart, saying that we have. Uh, foundries in the United States that are at Chandler, Arizona, Hudson, Massachusetts, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and Hillsboro, Oregon. Um, 
I don't know if those are Intel specific or, or whatnot, but that's from the freak M heart. Um, the other thing is hundred percent Marty, you know, there's been a lot of people that have made big claims, uh, in ASICs pre-production that have not delivered. So it, it's yet to be seen necessarily, um, if these Intel chips are all they're going to be cracked up to be, obviously Intel is going to be saying they're going to make the best chips, right? Like that. Yeah. Why wouldn't they say that? The third thing is my understanding of the grid deal is grid is protected to a degree. Like if the chips perform as they're supposed to be expected, they get 25% of the production. But if they're not, then grid has an out. Can get out um, right. So I would, yeah. So I like wouldn't use it as like so much of a validation, but it does show that Intel, at least if they can do it right, they have the demand and they have, they, you know, they have the that supply chain lined up. Um, and then last but not least, like it's just really good um, to see ASICs out there that will have American backdoors built in instead of Chinese backdoors. <laughs> right. I, I wrote the newsletter about it this week and somebody like in the comments of one of the tweets is just like, have you ever seen this? It's like the Intel kernel. It's like, oh, it's backdoored <laughs> as fuck. It's so backdoor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can play it. We're going to play this and then car when you're done that, can you actually like bring that chair in and put this on top of it? So it doesn't oh, look yeah. like I'm staring at the ground. According to M Hart, uh, those are Intel fabs and they have fab production sites outside the United States that include Ireland, Jerusalem, another one in Israel and one in China, mainland China. Thank you. Thank you. M Hart. Appreciate you. My goal and our goal as Intel for the first few years is not, um, you know, uh, the financial incentive. We need to get an install base. Oh yeah. With in gamer machines, right? Some interesting enough install base because then the ISVs will pay even more attention to us. The game developers will pay more, even more attention if there is enough install base. So my priority is to get a good enough install base, right? So my GPU is sitting in a mining farm. Are no, no install base. They don't show up anywhere, yeah. right? So yeah, it's not, that's not I, doing I, anything for the business as a whole. Yeah. So that's why, you know, it, it's very uh, myopic for me if I just yeah. think about like, you know, the, the, the thing. Uh, so that's, that's one that's part of the answer. The other part of the answer is that we do think like, you know, this whole blockchain, I'd call it whether, you know, which coins are good or, you know, that's a whole separate session exactly. we should do at some point of time to no doubt. But I think blockchain is a transaction thing that is run much more efficiently than the current kind of, you know, the burning of hardware cycles is something that we are working on. Okay. Um, we, and, and that's not a GPU thing. So don't kind of confuse it as it's a GPU thing. No, no, no. GPUs to will do graphics, gaming, and all those wonderful things. But being able to do much more efficient, you know, blockchain validation, you know, at much lower cost, much lower power and all is a pretty solvable problem. And, you know, we are working on that. And, you know, at some point time, hopefully not too far into the future, uh, you know, we will kind of share uh, uh, some interesting kind of, you know, hardware um, uh, for that. You heard it there first. What did we hear? I mean, they're kind of, he didn't say ASIC, but they're working on an ASIC. I mean, it's a big component. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, they've found the agenda for that great conference, ISSC or whatever. 
so like it is confirmed, uh, but that conversation just showed me that both of them are going to have fun staying poor. Yeah, the blockchain transaction validation thing. Did you see how smug that podcaster looked when he talked about when he brought up uh, cryptocurrencies? No, I wasn't paying attention to it. What did he do? Uh, I don't know. He just looked smug as fuck. <laughs> he looked. He looked like a no coiner. Is what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he is a no coiner, but oh, he, he definitely is. I Intel's would, I would in, bet stats on that. Intel's in the game. That's the other thing too. I believe it's a seven nanometer chip. So top of the line machines right now are five nanometers. So maybe they're producing what Steve Barber has been begging for for some time now, which is the Honda Civic of the ASIC industry, uh, which is something that's not top of the line, but is profitable if it's efficient enough and cheaper so you can have more uh and you can have smaller or uh not as well capitalized miners get into the game um so it's uh if if they can produce uh it should do many things again adding another player in the asic chip production game um and then if they can make it more efficient and cheaper this should open the door and make home mining and smaller scale mining more viable as well, which is good, even better for the distribution of, of hash rate ownership. Um, so yeah, it's bullish everywhere you cut it. Even if they fail, it's bullish. Yeah, just attempting to, it's bullish. Um, so the combination of that news, which by the way has has no effect yet on on the hash rate, which is already pumping. Um, but we have that news. Hash rate is pumping. It seems like miners are getting online a little bit quicker than I expected. But another thing is uh, I'm hearing a lot about uh, the new Gen ASICs getting upgraded firmware. There's a big, there's a, we, I think we severely underestimated how much a performance bump uh, the, the more recent ASICs, the S19s, Etc. Uh, get from this firmware and how quick the firmware got released uh, to to miners. Um, Are we talking brains probably, or, or Bitmain firmware? I I hear that that you know maybe brains is working on something, but I hear there's some other players that are just firmware specific that are making custom firmware for specific miners. Uh, that are larger scale miners for their specific situations uh, that are like finely tuned for their specific situations that give massive performance up uh, improvements. Are you saying like firmware specific for cooling immersed applications or? Yeah, like whatever, whatever the specific miner setup is, um, yeah. what, you know, if it's air cooled or if it's immersion, what, what's the ambient temperature in the area they're running it, which hardware they're running it on. Um, like liter like mercenary firmware. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this is my setup. I have this much petahash. You know, it's, make uh, me a firmware and I pay you. I mean, this is it's the way it should be. That's that's the thing people need to learn, especially if you're getting into medium to large scale mining too. Like, not every situation is equal. Like, you need design specifications for your particular environment, whether you're in somewhere hot, somewhere cold. Um, you, you need to take those variables, those external variables into uh, consideration. And then uh, inside your environment, like are you doing it in a shipping container? Are you doing it like in a big mining uh, warehouse? And you need to design not only the physical architecture of your, uh, your setup in a specific way, but your, your software firmware 
as well. And the firmware will be changing things specific to the environment that these machines are running. And so that makes a lot of sense. And it's bullish to hear too, like more firmware providers uh, is what you want to see as well. On top of that, Intel made their announcement and Bitmain announced they're, they're launching a 198 terahash a second uh, automatically like a, a cooled miner. Uh, I believe it's water cooled. It's coming out, coming out of the box um, already with a, a water cooling setup. And that's going to be, if, if it, is as advertised. I mean, almost 200 terahash a second is, is by far the most uh, high performance machine on the market when it does come, and, if it does and come. What's, and what's really nice about that, so so that looks very similar to uh, what you see with like liquid cooled uh, GPUs and uh, processors like on consumer machines. You see it a lot in like gaming computers. Um, so it's out of the box, just comes ready. You don't have to like do an immersion setup. Uh, and then the second thing is for home miners, smaller miners, people that really have issues with heat and noise, uh, it should be substantially less loud, which yeah. I think is a massive, a massive thing. And obviously, instead of air cooled, instead of like being the <clears throat> hottest space heater ever, uh, it's liquid cooled. So you don't have to deal with that heat as well. Yeah, I think that much. I think Bitmain's bringing this to market because they know like if, from what I understand, a significant amount of hash rate that has moved from China is located in Texas. Uh, a lot of these miners are massive Bitmain customers, and so I think Bitmain offering this this cooling miner, this cooled miner out of the box. I don't even know how, what to refer to it as, but um, liquid cooled miner, liquid cooled miner out of the box is to front run. Cause like at, at Texas being the mining capital of the U S big meme right now. But I, I, I will say, I think a lot of people are, I don't want to say LARPing, but are posturing in a certain way. Like, yeah, we're going to have the biggest mining set, but they don't realize like a lot of people don't realize that like, you can't run these air cooled. The immersing system is not hard. Um, excuse me, not trivial to set up. Uh, and Bitmain's noticing, like, all right, if all if a lot of our customers are going to be in Texas, they're going they're going to need a cooling system. They're either going to build them ourselves, or we can provide it to them. So they want the margin on Bitmain wants the margin on the cooling uh, features. Uh, so they're going to provide it out of the box instead of letting their customers go build it in house. And then on top of that, they're front running like potential FUD in the future of their miners like crapping out and heating out because uh, yeah. people and are running in running- Texas. And they're front running micro BT and they're front running Intel potentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I mean, my, like the micro BT hardware seems better right now. The new gen specs, the, the new gen hardware on both sides, if you talk about reliability, you talk about upfront costs, you talk about all the different trade offs, the micro BT hardware seems better. Uh, the best thing that Bitmain has going for it is in all of these customers, whether it's brains or whether it's these mercenary firmwares, it seems like the firmware support, the custom firmware supports a lot better for Bitmain. They could add this onto their quiver as well. Um, you know, that, that gives them a nice leg up on, on micro BT, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a big move. I, I think they're supposed to start hitting the market in September. I, I forget exactly. Yeah, like take all these number, you know, dates with a grain of salt. Like you should never pre-order a miner in general. Um, See, I don't, I don't agree with that. It's, okay. it's definitely risky. 
it, but it has produced good returns. Don't pre-order like a... Well, sometimes, otherwise, sometimes it just wrecks yeah, people. Yeah, S17, Dragomans wreck people. Like So like, <laughs> yeah. if you're going to pre-order, pre-order with a with an established producer, I would say. Bitmain fucked up on the S17 pretty bad, but that was, many would argue, because Jihan and McCree were going through like an internal battle and their company was just... But aren't the S19s split. having reliability issues too? I'm not sure. I think they've been way more reliable you, than... Um, Do you not hear about this PSU issue? No. Is it the S19 or the S19J? I don't know. Their naming scheme fucking sucks, but there's supposedly a a, a looming issue on Bitmain PSUs for their are power burning, supplies. Are they burning out new. too early? And like, if you don't... If, those power supplies might not be easy to get, so then you just have a fucking brick there. Yeah. So well, that's, if you're a Bitmain miner, consider, you know, stocking up on some extra power PSUs. supplies. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing. Uh, if you're a miner getting like medium, large size, like just buy in bulk PSUs, uh, fans, those two specifically, my PSUs and fans. But this is the thing, they change these PSUs too from model to model. It's like just like a pain in the yeah. ass. Um, so make sure the specs of the PSU are, are set up for your operation as well. But anyway, the most important part of this conversation is that me and Marty were absolutely wrong in our end of year conversation. <laughs> you know. You've so just. I, you pressured me to go under. I think I said push Look, to higher. I would okay. I would have bet you. I would have bet you. You should have taken my sats. I know. I know. The freaks can go back to the tape. <laughs> uh, I'm opening this announcement for BitMEX. Do, you want to, do we have anything else to add to this mining conversation? Uh, no. I, it's exciting, though. It's just interesting that, like, People are so, so many people are bearish on Bitcoin right now. I mean, we have someone in the comments saying someone I, Galloway, I don't even know who that is. It's sub 20K Bitcoin. Meanwhile, like Bitcoin hash rate is, is, is that is about to hit a new all time high if it hasn't hit it already. Um, so many fundamentals are bullish as fuck. And, you know, the whole macro landscape is just uh, a bit of a clusterfuck right now. And, yeah. you know, you see stocks being weak, everything else being weak. And I just, yeah, the relative, the relative, uh, yeah, the relative strength of Bitcoin during this equities dump, particularly like Nasdaq, oh, has, it's, yeah. has been. Uh, sorry, what are you sorry about? Oh no, because I, uh, Car put up the comment on screen. It's Scott Galloway, yeah, absolute joke of a dude. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe it'll go under twenty k, but I don't expect it. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish as fuck, which means we're probably going to dump under forty by the end of this episode. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, everybody! Uh, everybody, panic sell right now. We're, we're going to reverse the juju here. Uh, and the Intel news stepping in as well. Again, like the bullish fundamental indicator because Intel stepping in. If they're successful, if they begin producing a massive amount of Bitcoin ASICs, that's a market validation. And like it or not, uh, humans are social creatures. They like. Uh, social signaling from brands they respect, and Intel is a is a massive brand in the United States. And if if they're producing Bitcoin, mining chips, and selling them, that's just further social validation that should lead to more acceptance from the public at large. And then even on Capitol Hill, like it's going to be harder for politicians to try to shut down Bitcoin when Intel, one of the computing behemoths of our economy is is getting in a mass. Um, so very bullish on all fronts. Here's to hoping 
that once the miners do hit the market that they they perform as advertised because that would be that would be incredibly bullish for the distribution of of the mining industry, which is desperately needs again the most centralized part of Bitcoin. I would argue overall is the the chip fabrication part of it. Um, I mean, I would also go the other way though. Like, I hope they're not too good. Why? Because the the miners that we have will just uh, make less sense. I don't know. Like, I don't want Intel dominating the Bitcoin mining industry either. That's a good point. Yeah. They have a lot of foundry space, right? Hopefully they like come out with a nice, solid, mediocre miner. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they make the Honda Civic of of the mining yeah. industry, which Steve Barber has been desperately begging for, for for years now. On to the next topic, BitMEX, buying a bank, uh, they, or intends to buy a bank, German bank, Pretty Bankhaus, cool. Bankhaus. Um, it means house of bank. This is interesting. Where I guess I assume they're trying to buy their way into being a an actual like say crypto Bank. products financial services. I, I think I think it just goes to show uh, how uh, effective they are at operators. Where they like it's crazy. Like Bitmex was like the number one uh, bucket shop you know, non-KYC exchange. They executed fantastic in that regard for many years. They held out longer than most have been able to, even though they were massive. You know, number one traded at volume. They arrested three of their founders just to get them to force KYC on it. And then they got, they added KYC within a couple months after that, gave everyone a warning. And now they're just executing on the KYC vision. You know, they got a bank, they're buying a bank. Like that's crazy. Like it's just, it's just. I'm, I'm a bit impressed. I mean, uh, the Bitmax team has always been quite impressive. Like you mentioned, um, yeah. I mean, Bitcoin exchanges buying banks. That's good meme fodder, right there. The banks are buying meme. us. Uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin exchanges are buying banks. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were mentioning it before we hit record. If you freaks haven't seen Citadel Dispatch this week, uh, very lively and informative conversation about KYC AML. Cheers. Um, with Stefan Levera, Laser Hoddle, uh, Diverter, KYC, and Zelko. Um, really good conversation about this. But it's like, yeah, it, it is impressive to see BitMEX buying this bank, but it's like, fuck, like the original product was the future of finance and you're having to revert. Um, yeah, but if you're already fully KYC, you might as well buy a bank. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they can use that bank lobbying power to, to fight against KYC. Um, yeah, no, but I really enjoyed that dispatch. That was a good conversation. Um, the one thing we didn't get BitMEX shipped for is they did launch a token recently too. I didn't realize that they did. But like all the all the big exchanges have. Oh yeah, I did remember now. seeing that. Yeah. yeah. I think they call it the hundred X token or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they're um, all they're all launching tokens. They should be worried about security. I don't know if you have it on the list. Did you see that crypto.com hack? I did. I did not put it on the list because they're not a Bitcoin company. You know, they got a lot of Bitcoin stolen apparently too. Ergo, yeah. ergo well, BTC. We, we should talk about that. But before we leave BitMEX, uh, I just want to say whether it's the Binance token or the FTX token or the BitMEX token, any of these exchange tokens, they have similar risk profiles as a stable coin like Tether or something like that. Like there, it, There's no 
decentralization, censorship resistance, anything. They're completely centralized. You have to trust the exchange. Uh, they could be worthless overnight. Just if you are dabbling in those, just keep that in mind. And they often behave like quasi equity, like a stock, but they're not a stock. You don't have equity rights. So just keep this all in mind if you're going to fuck with those things. Yeah. Just don't fuck with them. Like, why? These yeah, exchange stay tokens. Stack sets. <laughs> these exchange tokens don't make any sense to me. Um, whatever. The reason I brought it up, because crypto.com has an exchange token. Obviously, they're spending a lot of money. They got Matt. Ugh. Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, they sent Matt Damon to the moon. Yeah, Matt Damon. The only, only uh, what is it? Fortune favors the bold uh, or the brave. Was that the slogan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That commercial has been splattered all throughout the U.S. and everywhere. And yeah, Crypto.com got got hacked this week or within the last week. I forget exactly how much money, Car, if you can find that. I think it was Um, $33 Wasn't it like, it was like 15 million, 18 million Bitcoin? Oh, I thought it was 33 million ETH and then a significant, significant chunk chunk of Bitcoin on top of that as well. Um, we'll find it though. Carl will find it. Uh, but yeah, just be aware. Single points but of failure. That's, that's the other yeah. thing. Like crypto.com, they're doing all this ad spend. They're they're launching their own exchange token. They've got a bunch of shit coins and they can't secure their stuff. Like how are they, how are they not, like they, they have this marketing budget. Like how is none of that being allocated Nailed towards? It, 33 mil. Yeah. <laughs> Like, What's the they, breakdown? They're spending all this money and they can't even protect your Bitcoin or ETH if you're an ETH person as well. Um, well, to be, I mean, I'm not going to, I have, these accounts, these accounts were 2FA secured as but well. They, they were, they were, everyone was reimbursed. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, like from a customer point of view, you, you they never really lost money. But yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I imagine that. That Matt Damon commercial and all that ad spend is worth more than 33 mil, so they must have money to burn. Um, Allegedly, they had Matt Damon pay out of pocket all the customers <laughs> who lost money. <laughs> From the Film Actors Guild? Yes, that Matt Damon. Oh my uh, God, Team America is such a good movie. <laughs> Instant classic. I don't know if it would be allowed to be made today. Oh, no. And I don't think Trey Parker or Matt Stone would make it. Um, Sure. Today, and they had to, they had to edit the Book of Mormon because people were woke. People were um, yelling at them, which I think is terrible. Did they really travesty? Yeah, they changed some of the scenes in Book of Mormon towards the end. After the fact, yeah, like recently in the last year, which is uh, supposedly supposedly the Mormon community loved it, which is hilarious, right? It's like the people that complain <clears throat> aren't even Mormons, right? I loved it. It wasn't. I I went in college and saw it. When it was in Chicago. It was a, a great. A great theater experience, if you will. Um, yeah, I saw it twice. This was an one. interesting thing. I'm very interested to hear your take on this. Chris Stewart from Shorebits uh, took to the Shorebits blog this week, yesterday, to uh, explain a scenario that he discovered where taproot funds are being burned on the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, and I think they're, it has to do with people not properly uh, working within the BIP340 specification. And before yeah, the taproot this, spec. Yeah, the taproot spec. Um, so, But he did say like he doesn't know if it was an accident or just someone fucking around. 
um, he just thought it was prudent to disclose it. And like, what is it? It's like 200,000 sats, I think. The, yeah, this one that he found. Um, yeah, so it's nothing. Yeah. And I haven't, but been it's fu- good. It, yeah, it's good that he, it's good that he, you know, made a disclosure about it. At least someone's talking about it. But yeah. Yeah. So it like, seems don't, like I don't want to hear like the shit corners saying like Taproot has failed or something like that. Nah. Like this is 200,000 sats, which is, uh, you know, 80 bucks, bucks or something yeah. in current value. Marty's anchored on $50,000 Bitcoin. So. <laughs> Yes, Parker Par- Parker Lewis want to come in here. Come in here, Parker. Just Lewis don't shoe out. him. Have him join us for the conversation. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to shoe him. Yeah, Parker, Parker, our first RHR at the Commons. Do you want to? Do you want to come say some words? Come say some words, Parker. You, got, you can't hear me. What was that? Give me one second. All right, take your time. He's going to come back. He's camera shy. Yeah, Car's going to set up a mic for him. Um. Well, we I just Parker Lewis just just completely he's, he's is that a glass wall behind Carr that like are you looking yes. at Carr and then Parker yes. was behind him? Yeah, Parker's now Parker's back. I was just saying, Parker, you're you're mesmerizing. I lost my train of thought. You came in now, like we're lost in our HR. We were talking about how you shouldn't shoo Parker and you should have him uh, join you us can't in the conversation. I'll let you. Matt, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you, Parker, and we love you. Oh, he can't hear me anyway. <laughs> I can hear you. What up, Parker? I literally saw Matt yesterday in the same room drinking a ranch wine. <laughs> it's like the time never There you go. Parker, what are we, where are we right now? What is this? What's going on? We're in the Bitcoin Commons. Mm-hmm. TFCC Studios. We got the first bit devs tonight. Looking forward to Fuck it. yeah. Trying to get Marty to actually... Uh, I'm going to Round Top tomorrow. Don't even bring it up. I'm <laughs> furnishing this place over the weekend. <laughs> the internet just got turned on yesterday. Okay. Was well, there like no chairs in there, Parker? You're just squatting in front of the camera. That's right. <laughs> 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 we actually had Lisa in here. How was that podcast? That was a great one. Lisa's a great conversationalist. Like, yeah. It was a good time. She's smart as fuck, dude. Yeah, he br- he brought a chair for Lisa. <laughs> I did. I did. Not not for my <laughs> unexpected pop in. What are what are we doing with the Bitcoin? <laughs> let's get a Bitcoin common show in here. I'm very excited. The the vibes in this building right now are very high. Very high. Yeah. Um, Matt decided not to come, which I take as a personal slight. But he's coming in March, I think. I'll be here in March. I just checked my watch for the date, but I'll be <laughs> I'll be there in March. I'm looking forward to it. Too much travel right now. It's a pain in the ass to travel. Agree. Parker loves the uh, TSA and the airport experience and all that. Yeah, I'm, big I'm fan Matt, of it. I, I talked to Matt yesterday about how I'm giving up all commercial air travel. <laughs> <laughs> Only scheduled flights. Uh, do we? No, uh, no, no, no scheduled flights. That's it. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm new to this. <laughs> not defense <laughs> placement, Parker. Yeah, your face placement with the mic in your hand is uh, is not perfect right now. We're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna hey, we're gonna work out the kinks. We're gonna work out Growing the kinks. Pains. Where is, pains there's only one camera here. That's what's screwing up. I gotta be. I gotta be like this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you look what, good. What's, what's the plan at BitDevs tonight? What's the plan? Yeah, give a BitDev show. Bit, first BitDevs at the new space, the new office, right? Yep. First BitDevs at the new space. Uh, really, you know, kind of 
BitDevs was the inception of the idea of Bitcoin Commons. And with uh, awesome BitDevs, it, it really has, uh, I don't I don't say this to be insulting, like people fly in every time uh, for from, from all over the country. <laughs> and uh, it's it's pretty fun. We not insult only, taken. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, people now fly into Nashville too. Like, right. We want to, we want to create this as a tradition. Everybody flies all over the place. hundred percent. Um, I think Un- unscheduled though. Unscheduled. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not scheduled. Um, but, um, but really some of the inspiration behind it was that we all went, the three of us amongst many other Bitcoiners went to Bitcoin or BitBlock boom in 2020. And it was, that was really the inspiration for a lot of us to, to stop blocking down, to stop putting up with the bullshit, to go on living our lives. Bitcoin doesn't sleep, but that we started Austin BitDevs back up uh, about two weeks after BitBlock Bloom in 2020. 2020. And literally people would walk by the street looking at us crossways, like why people are getting together, why people are sitting inside not wearing masks. And uh, what we recognized was that controlling the space uh, to be able to ensure that Bitcoiners have a place to come together each month, that if you do not control the space for BitDevs, then you cannot ensure that. And that um, that we recognize that we, as kind of partly as stewards, as Unchain, and me personally, that we needed to, uh, despite the fact that we were scaling and that we needed a larger space, that we needed to create a home for Austin BitDevs. And then that inspired, if we need a space for Austin BitDevs, then let's expand on this vision. And that is, uh, the Bitcoin commons and Marty moved here and, uh, we, uh, we talked to him about needing a proper recording studio so that he wasn't ripping cigs outside on his porch. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was really more for, uh, for Marty and it, for my health, for his health. Um, this is a non-smoking building. Are you uh, fucking kidding me? What kind of cuck shit is that? We're going to change that. Don't worry. We're yeah. going to change that. There actually is a window right here. So yeah. yeah. We're, we're gonna get velvet. Parker. We're gonna get velvet uh, curtains in here too, and it's gonna be a great cigar room. It's gonna be incredible. <laughs> First of all, mad respect for for Austin BitDevs. I think I was there in September. Was the one I went to. It was fucking awesome. Um, I look forward to going many more times. Uh, probably not by private jet. I will probably be driving. Uh, but um, you, we'll, you create a, we'll create a bus of Bitcoiners from Austin, airship. Nashville, and Nashville. I want to do airship. No, we, no uh, gentlemen, we need to create like the Bitcoiners airline. Like it needs to happen. I can, we, we, all, we all talk about it. I, I can't do the TSA and the mask anymore. It's, it's too much. Airships. Uh, honestly, airships, whatever. Just something. We need like be, the NVK of airships to come out and just, we just need, we need a Bitcoiner that's had enough and just comes out with. We need something. The, the, the cold card of airships. I, I just we want. Can I just want payments over lightning. Yeah, I want a pleasant. Exactly. I want a pleasant flying experience again. Can we just yeah. somebody build it, please? Neil's right. Like the reality is, it's going to be a fucking party bus. But you know, we can dream, and then eventually it'll be airships. But my question for you, Parker, before you leave us. Uh, so first of all, Bitblock Boom 2020, super special. Uh, I was very happy to be a part of that. I mean. Uh, People thought we were absolutely fucking crazy to all meet up, you know, especially in, in the Dallas management of the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited that it's going to be in Austin this year. Uh, same time as it always is in August, uh, late August, but which I also plan on being on being to, but it'll be in Austin instead of Dallas. But you mentioned that you said restarted Austin bit devs. That wasn't the first one. There was one before COVID as yeah. well. Yeah. 
Who was running that? Were, were you we guys were, running that or someone we, else? Yeah, we were hosting it. We basically, when when the world shut down in March, we stopped our uh, in-person uh, Socratics. Uh, and then, you know, and, and it's hard to go back to, to that point, but the world was still very much locked down to Bitcoin, uh, the block boom 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we had basically taken a hiatus for five or six months. And uh, that gave us the confidence to say, all right, we're, we're doing this again. There were about five of us driving back. Um, Tanguma, um, Justin Moon, Will, um, must have been one one or two others, all driving back from Dallas. And that was, um, you know, kind of the inspiration to restart. But then really, I think it was American HODL who then started recruiting people to come to the one in January, uh, about five months later. And then uh, Awesome Bit Devs took its life of its own. It, Marty came down in, in April that sealed the deal of him moving to Austin and uh, the rest was history. And here we are Cheers to that. at the Bitcoin commons. You can't, you guys can't see it now, but they're setting up for bit devs. It's a much bigger room, hopefully uh, less hot than your typical Austin bit devs meetup, less stuffy, which I think this, this building uh, will provide. So it's, it's going to be mean, beautiful. A, There's going to be a lot of podcasts. Problem. People can, we'll be able to rent out the podcast space. It will be TFTC studios, but it will be conducive to bringing all people together to talk about Bitcoin and to be advancing Bitcoin and bit devs is going to be special tonight. It's going to be a little Spartan, but uh, we're going to do big things here. Nah, Fuck I'm excited. Yeah. Parker, My respect and congratulations. Hardest working man in Bitcoin right here. Thank you for all that you're doing for getting us in the commons and recruiting me down here. I'm very excited. The, the second podcast recorded in the commons already. Yeah, when are you running for mayor? Is this where your your mayor campaign is going to be run out of? You know, I, I went on Safe Dean's podcast uh, yesterday and Daniel Prince or his seminar and Daniel Prince was there and Daniel brought on Lauren and she asked me that question and uh, I will, you know, so Lauren always asks the hardest questions. So you guys are Best interviewer in Bitcoin. <laughs> Best interviewer in Bitcoin. Clearly, I told, I told Daniel after I really enjoy her questions, less so his. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he took it in the right spirit, but, uh, I'm only running for mayor if I have to, you know, I think, uh, Bitcoin does need a proper Citadel, but I'd much rather be working on Bitcoin. I don't really have any political aspirations, but, uh, we got a lot of Bitcoiners here and it, if, uh, if, if called upon that, I will, uh, I will run, I will win. But, uh, if all things go scheduled, we'll just be doing pop-ins on rabbit hole recap rather than, um, moving a few blocks over to yeah. Hill. And we'll have a couch for you in your next pop. pop well, even if you're mayor, we'll if schedule, you're, we'll schedule the next pop in so I don't have to be sitting down here like an idiot, basically. Yeah, in, okay. in, in Marty's lap. I'm very impressed. <laughs> He's, he, we've got an expert squatter here. The squat, yeah. your, your thigh's got to be burning right now. I could do this for days. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. We're, with that, Parker, right, thanks we're, for setting me up. Yeah. Parker, we're thinking two well, sets here, too. We're going to do like the chair side by side and then the, the round table over here. So we're going to have a plethora of setups for podcasters coming through. Love it. Parker, when you're mayor, I still expect the pop-ins to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Even more so. We're going okay, to get a yeah. city update. We'll so. accelerate pop-ins. <laughs> we have Mayor Lewis here for the city update. Yep. Yeah. All right. With that, I'm out. Cheers. Peace and love. Thanks, Parker. Enjoy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. I'll see you after we record this. What a, again... I don't think you freaks understand. He is the hardest working man in Bitcoin. I'll get calls at like 11 p.m. at night. Parker's like, all right, like, what are we going to do with the Houston meetup this this month? I'm like, dude, it's 11. I've got a kid. I've got a wife. But I'm here to talk to you for the next hour and a half. That's how it happens. This is this is how it happens. Uh, the vibes in, in Austin at the Commons are high. First day in. 
right now. We're going to keep going down the list. Uh, porn's not that bad and can even be good or great. And now on the shout outs. A note from the council of Neils on Shoegate. <laughs> to shoe someone is to admit the lack of nuance and creativity. Two traits we believe integral to our existence as Neils. As such, we believe any case of shooing someone, even a Ben, is an injustice we cannot ignore. While we are superior to Ben's in almost every way, we, we would never stoop so low as to shoe one of them. We stand with Ben. Uh, and two things here. Porn is bad. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to rot your mind. It's bad. You're, it leads to degeneracy and low T levels and uh, bad <laughs> cultural stuff. And uh, number two, no, shoe it. I'll, I'll keep shoeing. Neil's and Ben's. It, it, Good thing. Good, good job, Niels. You just got on the shit list too. If you ever come in, you're getting. A pff, <laughs> you're getting a if Neil well, Woodfine, I just want the I'm waiting for Neil Woodfine because he's an unchained guy, he's a friend. And I had to show him now. This is unacceptable. Yeah, he's part of the. He's part of the council. I just, I just wanted to be clear that I, that I also stand with the Bens and the Niels. Is Shoegate the biggest story in 2022? Shoegate, so far, Shoegate is. It's caused a lot of drama. I think this is the second shout out about shoes. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Niels, for the shout out. That was the only one. Thanks for week. supporting the show. <laughs> that, was, that was the only one of the week. Um, and now we're on to software updates. Mempool version 2.3.0 has been released. Mercury Wallet version 0.5.9 has been released. Onion Share version 2.5 has been released. Simple Bitcoin Wallet. Matt's favorite Bitcoin wallet version 2.4.27 <laughs> has been released. You joke, but it's a really good wallet. Yeah, I know. Lightning wallet, excuse me, Lightning Pool version 0.5.4 has been released. Umbrella version 0.4.11 has been released. And TDEX version 1.2.4 has been released. Um, that was it for software updates. We're going to link to those in the show note. As always, not to rush. I don't think there's any pressing uh, vulnerabilities or bugs that need patching in any of these software updates. So if you're running any of these softwares and you want to check out what uh, is the latest version and what is included in that, you can find links to the all these all of this in the show notes. Uh, we already talked about this next topic last week. Did, did you want to rebroach the subject? Oh, we did talk about it? Yeah. It wasn't in the show notes. Uh, yeah, okay. So I put it in the list. I well, wasn't sure. I mean, gloss over. We're going to mention again uh, El Salvador. It's government. worth mentioning again. Yeah, uh, El Salvador government uh, is using the Pegasus spyware to surveil journalists within the country. They're hacking journalists' phones. Yeah, not good. Not a great sign. Uh, Especially that, since he's meeting with Erdogan yeah. right now, who also hates journalists um, and has a horrible track record in in that regard. Yes. So President Bukele, Nayib Bukele, is meeting with uh, Isip. What was his first name? Recep Erdogan. I uh, can't pronounce. I think I it's Recep. Recep Erdogan, who's the president of Turkey and is somewhat of a dictator, from what I understand, right? Like, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's like a Putin a president. Yeah. He's a straight up dictator. Yeah, he's in the process of completely demolishing the Turkish lira. Uh, Bukele, I give the benefit of the doubt to a degree. Uh, Erdogan is just a straight up horrible leader, dictator, authoritarian. Yeah. Boom. Agreed. Um, so they're meeting and there's a lot of speculation. Like is Bukele meeting 
to to shield Bitcoin specifically. Um, I think so. He's been tweeting at him uh, in Turkish uh, that that he that he plans to shield Bitcoin to him. Did you see like the rumors that that Turkey is going to make Bitcoin legal tender? I did not see them, but it, it does not surprise me if these two are meeting and maybe he's giving him advice. You want to bet so. on it? No. Why do you always want to bet? I, because I like betting. I okay. like skin in the game. All right, That's let's one of the bet reasons on this why one. I'm a I, I'll bet on it by the end of the year. Uh, no, because like... He, what, Erdo- you think Turkey's going to do legal tender? No way no Turkey way. does Yeah, Erdogan's tender. like, he's more of a CBDC guy, I would imagine. Yeah, but see, you not betting is also... Like, that's good too. I'm cool with that because it shows that you have proper skin in the game agreeing with me. <laughs> oh, you're going to try to force me into a bet. I'm not trying. That's my point. I'm not trying to force you to bet. My point is, is you'd be an idiot to be betting that Turkey's going to do legal tender. Like, it makes no sense. He has his own currency. He likes having full control over the lira. He could give two shits if it's, I mean, he cares a little bit, obviously, that it's devaluing and is in a death spiral. Uh, but he's going to hold tight to his shitcoin. Like he's not going to, he's not going to move to Bitcoin. And he definitely doesn't want his people to be using Bitcoin um, in a in a censorship resistant way by any means. No, we'll see. We'll see. And, I'm not betting on anything. And, and also, like Bukele's meeting with the Chinese and like getting them to fund his library and his soccer stadium, his football stadium. You know, like yeah, he definitely wasn't orange pulling them. Yeah it's i mean freaks again like we said last week we touched on this last week just don't have too many heroes uh, especially political figures um brushing, uh, so I, we brushing have, elbows with these we authoritarians have, we have young lurk saying that the turkey legal tender tweets were a troll my, my bringing up of it wasn't first of all i did not see tweets i people told me about them which makes it extra hilarious uh but I, it's better that it was a troll. I, I assumed it was just one of those engagement accounts that that's tweets out bullshit in all caps. <laughs> the Bloomberg highlights. Well, I, yeah, I, like, well, I don't think Walter you should Bloomberg. I mean, you just Beetle, meant, you Beetle, just, Delta One or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you should have mentioned all caps. You should have just said like just taking Bloomberg because you're an all caps guy yourself. Yeah. When is Capso Del coming Del. back? When's he coming back? It, you know. When you least expect it. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like to be surprised. Um, but Caps Odell was, came out of those bullshit Caps accounts. Yeah. Like it was like, it finally, it was I, like, I was like, the first Caps Odell tweet, I was like 10 drinks deep. I was just like fucking <laughs> triggered by like another all Caps tweet and just Caps Odell fucking came out. Uh, I can't wait till you get triggered again. Uh, and get you know that, that that account Walter Blueberg or whatever Delta One, like yeah. uh, Delta One. I'm blocked. I can't see any of his tweets because <laughs> you I like, tweeted. I tweeted in all caps. It's if it's in caps, it must be true or whatever. And he fucking blocked me like eight months ago, <laughs> ten months ago. Walter, that's pretty soft. Yeah, like I wonder why he does that account. He's just scraping headlines off of Bloomberg. Cause he, does he monetize it at all? Is he able to monetize this following? It's definitely an influence play. Like he has, he probably has some tweets that are, that are like bullshit and paid for or something to that effect. Uh, and then some tweets that are actually from Bloomberg. Yeah. Cause he, he, they're not all from the Bloomberg terminals. It's a, it's a, some good insight there. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't know how many followers he's got to have 
a shit ton of followers. Because um, it's a popular account. I do sometimes feel guilty retweeting them because I know it's like a pretty low effort um, leech yeah, job like, that he's doing. Look at some sources, Marty. <laughs> it's just too easy. He puts it in all caps. It's right there. <laughs> must be true. <laughs> must be true. Uh, speaking of must be true, the UK government is planning a publicity campaign against encrypted communication. Great pick. Which is not a, not a great pick, but not a great sign. That, <laughs> that I mean, and the UK has been trying to do this for a while, right? From what I, I mean, understand. all world governments have been against encrypted communications and open source tools that enable them for fucking decades now. Yeah, even here in the You're US we've had... We've had Clapper from Diapers. the NSA or CIA go up and, and, and try to get uh, and yeah, like encryption look up banned. the Clipper chip. They tried to yeah, it was in the nineties. Yeah, the the crypt. This was called the crypto wars uh, before cryptocurrencies were even a thing, and it's still ongoing. The war is not over. Uh, governments around the world do not want you to have private communications. They cannot stop it, but they can make it very, very difficult for the average person to access it. Criminals will still be able to access it. So any argument that is to stop criminals is bullshit. It's open source code. It's out there for the world. No one can stop the criminals from using it. So anything they're doing is really just uh, putting their own citizens and individuals around the world at risk, uh, even if they are honest, law-abiding people, which the overwhelming majority are. Um, you know, stuff like iMessage being encrypted or WhatsApp being encrypted. Both of those, not ideal solutions, but they are better than plain text messages. And they want to reduce that kind of easy access um, to encryption, which is uh, it's just sad and short-sighted and frustrating, but it's going to keep happening. And this is why the free open source movement is... Uh, An imperative. So important. It was like it is, uh, these people don't care about you. Freaks. These politicians don't care about it. Like Matt said, the criminals are going to use an encrypted technology and law-abiding citizens are just going to get backdoored and surveilled into oblivion. This, again, we need to build out Bitcoin. We need to build out these free and open source softwares. We need to protect end-to-end encrypted uh, communications technology. And it's a human right. I mean, here in the United States, uh, the Supreme Court has ruled in favor of an end and dead encrypted communications with the PGP wars in the 90s. Um, it is a human right. It is free speech. And the government does not have the right to surveil every little message you send to your friends and family. And don't let them throw the, if you have nothing to hide, then why can't we access this data? That's such a weak argument and something that they're going to try, what I imagine they're going to do in this publicity campaign in the UK. It's, it's, it's not just... It's not just that the government has no right uh, to surveil. It's for, it's that the government can't secure this information. There's no such thing as a secure backdoor. Companies can't secure this information. Um, you know, it, it puts people at risk to malicious actors, foreign actors, other governments, um, a whole wide variety of different kind of malicious parties um, will be able to have access to all of your communications. Um, financial data, everything, if we don't have encryption. So the, the, the key element here is, to me, is, is not necessarily the government surveillance. It's, it's the desire for government surveillance enables 
uh, basically data compromises from a whole sort, you know, a whole assortment of, of malicious actors. And the only way to really protect it in an effective and efficient way is proper end-to-end encryption um, that is fully auditable and verifiable, ideally free and open source software. We're, we're in a battle. We're in a cold war. war freaks. They're trying to control you. They're trying to throw you into this digital panopticon. Do not let them. Do not let them. But in regards to the UK government, we got to give props where props are due. Shout out to Boris Johnson for eliminating vaccine mandates and, and mask mandates uh, in the United Kingdom. Thank, uh, like somebody uh, on that stage of the geopolitical, st- that, that, in that spotlight on the geopolitical landscape doing this there need to be a first mover. I thought it was masks only no I think it's vaccine and mask okay well I'll if take that's either the case, I'll take I'll take if it's mask only I'll take that again props where props are due this stuff needs to stop and having the UK come out no, no, my understanding was like he pulled the mask mandates but I don't know if he pulled the vaccine mandates is that is that you understood that for me yes you you think it was mask only I think it's both I'm okay if it's mask right. only. I hope it's both. Um, I mean, he can go fuck himself, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you get no credit from me, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, I mean, it's becoming obvious that the mandates aren't working and stop doubling, tripling down on the problem. Stop compounding the bad decisions and let's start going back to normal. Um, please. Oh, yeah. He said, Kitas said UK got rid of Vax passes. Yeah, Vax passes. That's what it was, yeah. Not yet for National Health Service workers. Which is a shame. Uh, Boris, go fuck yourself. Boris, he's a weird man, dude. Staying on to our our macro Bitcoin coverage. Uh, There was a great article written by Project Mano in... Bitcoin Magazine's culture section called Suppressed by World Superpowers. Ethiopia should turn to Bitcoin. Uh, apparently, I didn't, wasn't even aware of this until I read this article. It came out a couple of days ago. But the U.S. removed Ethiopia from the African Growth and Opportunity Act trade program, um, which apparently is a significant blow to the Ethiopian people. Uh, and the Project Mano is writing in this piece that, that they think uh, Ethiopia should turn to Bitcoin. Um, as like a, hey, we, we want to separate ourselves from the dollar hegemony system that, that exists throughout the world. And you know what? We have all these natural resources. We have a lot of energy. Why don't we tap into that mine Bitcoin, make Bitcoin legal tender? I think it would be a good move. I would bet that Ethiopia is probably more likely to add Bitcoin as legal tender than, than Turkey would be at this given point in time. And there's a lot of really good Ethiopian Bitcoin Bitcoiners out there. I think there's a very vibrant community and and industry growing down there already. 100%. Shout out Calcasa. Calcasa. The Don. What is Cal's working on? um, Hoseki. Hoseki, yeah. And that's with Sam Sam Abbasi. Sam Abbasi from Former Fidelity. Boss. Shout out to shout out to all the Bitcoiners out there but in regards to this story particularly our Ethiopian friends out there. Um, And Here's to hoping that you guys get Bitcoin as legal tender and 
I don't, I don't understand what, yeah. Like the, the fact that we even have like in the United States, like this act where we're stoking African economies is just weird to me. It's like, yeah, Marty, you realize that we used to take people from their continent and bring them over here as slaves, right? Well, it was the Europeans that did that. Um, but Americans did it too. You know, the slave trade, it was like your Europeans, by the way. The slave trade didn't I mean, the, the Americans bought, we're getting, we're not falling down the slave trade. When, when we, when we signed, when we signed the declaration of independence, there was an agreement made between states to end the slave trade at a predetermined later date. Yes. That ended after okay. America I'll, I'll was created. It. I'll concede it. I'll concede it. It was like the slaves again, <laughs> the, what I, we're just going to stop here. We're not getting into it. Um, know your history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what I'm just saying, you went, to, you went to slave trade. I'm trying to say, like, I don't think we should be meddling. This is like, this seems I'm like... I'm just belt. saying, it is, it is very on brand for America. I, seems, I, I, I don't think it's that strange. Well, this seems very Belt and Road-esque, which I'm not like... I mean, we should not be doing it. We should yeah. not be doing it, but... Yeah. But I'm not surprised that we are, is yeah. my point, I guess. We uh, touched on this before we went live. <laughs> Neither of us watched the con- congressional hearing on cleaning up cryptocurrency uh, due to uh, being busy this morning. Obviously, I had that recording with Lisa. I'm setting up the new studio. have not been able to hop in uh, and watch the congressional hearing, though I have been following along via Twitter and, and group chats with people in the mining industry. And apparently there is a bunch of uh, LARPers involved. Uh, one guy in particular for Co- Columbia University was a hard shilling POS Cornell. from Cornell, excuse me, um, was, was heavily shilling POS uh, and deucing on, on Bitcoin's energy usage, using bad stats. He pulled out like the uh, 0.5% of uh, or 25% of all the Bitcoin is held by 0.5% of Bitcoiners, which is just one of the dumbest stats out there. It's been proven time and time again <clears throat> that all these large wallets that these people cite are exchange wallets, which represent uh, millions of users. Uh, and so he's, he's apparently there was somebody on the Hill. Brian Brooks was there too. I'm not sure um, what his testimony was like and, and how... Uh, factual and uh, bullish it was for Bitcoin. But yeah, Congress is having these hearings. Uh, Elizabeth Warren called this one and the attack on Bitcoin's proof of work mechanism is is heating up. It should be expected. It's only going to heat up from here, Um, but it will be interesting to see how we fight this battle. I know, I know how I want to do it, which is how we have been doing it. And like, we own the media, like we are creating our own media and we are we are going to get the message of Bitcoin mining out there ourselves. Let's not rely on politicians. Let's not rely on CNBC. Let's not rely on think tanks or anything like that. As Bitcoiners, we have our own media. We're going to push the narrative that Bitcoin proof of work is a beautiful mechanism. It's making us more energy efficient. It is securing the soundest money that humans have ever come into contact with. And it is going to be a boon for humanity in terms of uh, making sure that cheap, abundant energy is available to humans across the world. We are the media. Look at me. <laughs> we are the media now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such a good meme. Well, well it's um, like, I'm just tired. I mean, and Nick Carter's done an incredible job of this and many others. Everybody's like, oh, when you, you get to CNBC, the- when you get to these politicians, like, no, fuck them. Like, we'll, we'll put the information out there and people will find it. 
Uh, well, first of all, I have no intention of watching this congressional hearing. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cover it in more depth next week after like some people write up like TLDRs on it. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, it's a waste of time. Um, I don't think we win this with politics. I think we win this with free and open source tools and, and basically individuals seeking out, um, seeking out knowledge and using those tools and supporting those tools and empowering themselves because empowered individuals are very difficult uh, to stop. And frankly, I don't think we can be stopped. Um, we can individually be stopped, uh, but not, not as a whole. Uh, the other thing is, did you see what btcpolicy.org put out? It's a new organization. Yeah, I saw that David Zell's uh, tweet. Yeah, I've been helping them with it a bit. Uh, I thought this was a very, like, it's very wordy for Twitter, but like, this is like an ideal, like if you actually do want to try and convince a politician, like, I feel like this is a nice way of doing it. Like it's very, it's concise for politicians. It's not concise for Twitter, but it's concise for politicians. And that chart, that single bar chart is like the single most important, uh, aspect, which is that just Bitcoin is basically using no energy in comparison to all these other mainstream uh, things. Uh, now, <coughs> and that means we're early. It should use a shit ton more energy than it's currently using. But that one chart just fucking destroys everything. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, and this is in, in the mining industry, like the chart, I mean, right now, yes. Like air conditioners use 3,000 kilowatt hours to Bitcoins, like less than... <laughs> Less than 100 or whatever it's it fucking is. fucking insane. Sweat, sweat in your house if you want to fucking complain about Bitcoin's energy usage. Yes. Stop using your fucking dryers and hang your clothes up on a clothes rack. Yeah. It's also better for your clothes. Your clothes will last longer. Well, like, let's not even like, yeah, like it's, it's, this whole argument is so dumb and so idiotic. Like Bitcoiners, again, like stop like being like, oh, we're only like 0.5% of the energy usage and... Like, look how efficient we are. Like, stop. Like, just don't even, don't even like concede that you need to validate that Bitcoin is using energy. If Bitcoin I, miners decide they, they are going to purchase energy that is available on the market and the utility provider or the upstream oil and gas uh, company that uh, is willing to sell you that energy, sells you that energy, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. You can run your air conditioner, you can run your miner, you can run your refrigerator. Like energy markets exist, free markets exist, and Bitcoin miners, if they're willing to pay for electricity at a fair rate, like that is offered by well, a utility company or somebody else, like they, 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 there should be no moral relativism to energy usage, whether it be for air conditioners or Bitcoin miners. And like I Matt would, said, I mean, I would. Like yeah. Matt said, we're all going to use more. We're going to use more and more energy. Way like more. More, more, way more. And it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's in the I mean, process would, yeah. of using more, more, the way we're going to use more energy is incentivizing more energy production uh, and more power production. And uh, the effects of that should bring down uh, electricity prices for people in parts of the world where they're extremely high right now and it should bring, bring more reliable electricity to them. Like we are not, there is no climate emergency. There's no environmental emergency. Like this whole humans versus nature thing is such bullshit. Had two great conversations yesterday with Eric Kaysen and then uh, AJ Scalia and Drew Armstrong from Cathedra 
disclaimer, I'm on the board of Cathedral, but if you go listen, like we, we dove deep into this topic and both those conversations, it's like, we, we just got to completely reject this framing that's being put in. Like, oh, you guys need to rationalize like Bitcoin miners because of the environment. It's like, no, shut the fuck up, Elizabeth Warren. Like, I'm going to buy electricity and do with it what I want. This is America. This is a society. We have laws. We have rules. Stop trying to intimidate me. Get the fuck off my lawn. I mean, I would... I would say that there's never been an energy free market until Bitcoin existed. Bitcoin enables that free market for energy. I agree. Um, that's what I'll add to that rant. Um, also, Elizabeth Warren's focused on Kroger right now, so I don't know why he dragged her into this. She's the one who called this this <laughs> subcommittee meeting. When's the Kroger subcommittee? <laughs> I don't know, but dude, whoa, speaking of that, like I would also say one more thing that like I have no intention of dealing with politics. I personally think that even this show has too much politics in it. Like I just what? It's, it's not so, I mean it's just not something that like I like to focus on. I think it's a waste of time, but at the same time I do appreciate that there are some big corners out there working on it because there's a very strong argument that even though it's very inefficient and mostly a waste of time, if 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 you can push back s- s- dumb regulation, s- short-sighted, stupid regulation in the short term to medium term and just give us some space, give us some space to operate, it, it just makes our job as, a, as American Bitcoiners easier. Um, so I, I, there's some respect there for people that are working on this kind of stuff. Me personally no desire to focus on it. I do have to focus on it a little bit because um, I'm in the mining industry. And so I, I, yeah. I, I had, I was talking to like rep, the, the aides of, of representatives all the last couple of weeks and like giving them updates on what, what they, sh- how they should saying, approach and understand. Um, but I think in our case, and I talked about this yesterday, we just need to get states, states, Wyoming, Texas, Kentucky, West Virginia, Oklahoma, somebody, number one, make Bitcoin legal tender and then just back the mining industry aggressively. Like, it'd just be like no tax breaks, it's legal, or, or no sales tax, it's legal tender. Like, please come and make us more energy efficient. Like, we need states to lead the way on this. I do not like be working through the federal government. The federal government is bloated, it's inefficient, it's full with a bunch of geriatric old motherfuckers who are dragging this country down uh, and they're doing it in a corrupt way. They're <laughs> insider trading on the knowledge that they have as, as uh, uh, elected politicians, which is disgusting. States, stand up. Bitcoin permanent funds. Let's go. What was the sales tax comment about? I, say, I just like use the Kentucky, like we'll wave sales tax. But actually, if you look into the Kentucky stuff, the- Not the, sales tax, right? What, income tax? Or income tax, yeah, no income tax. Do that too. Well, income so like tax. miners, miners, when mine, when you mine, it's income tax. Oh, the sales tax is on the energy side. Like you're not. To pay oh, sales so you're, tax when you're paying for electric, you pay sales tax. Yes, right. Got yeah, it. yeah. Um, and Kentucky has a little law specific to that, but I've actually been digging into that law and the scale that you need to get to reap the benefits from that that tax break is actually pretty. And there's very few people that can do it, so that might have been one of those. Those laws that classic would re- American bureaucracy, right? You know, yeah. help, helps the big guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but 
other states out there, Wyoming, North Dakota, Texas, where I'm sitting right now, Louisiana, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Oklahoma, like you guys have the opportunity out there to lead the way and to protect Bitcoin. And, and that's the beauty of it too, particularly throughout the energy sector. Like people are starting to realize, and we've been covering this for almost a year now, that Bitcoin helps them out aggressively and all the big boys are getting in. They won't tell you, but in the oil and gas world, all the big big boys are, are talking about integrating Bitcoin mining. Some already have, they're just not announcing it. Like big it Bitcoin is, boys. It is helping. It is helping. And states keep pushing the states' rights autonomy theme. I want it to accelerate moving forward. It shouldn't only be Texas and Florida that, that, that get the headlines for this, this competition between well, there states. Are two of the, they're two of the largest states in the country. That's where they get the headlines. There's plenty of other states yeah. that are fighting for this kind of shit. Yeah. We actually had a freak uh, reach out in DMs. I don't know if you saw that, uh, who, who was pumped that we shout, uh, shouted out Northwestern Arkansas last week. Like, yeah. He confirms that it's beautiful. Uh, and so if you're looking for for some place to to settle down, the good tax regime, Bitcoin friendly, Northwest Arkansas. Uh, I met a Birmingham freak, uh, Birminghamian, I don't know, from Alabama uh, last week too. Oh, did For you? good things about Alabama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Tyler Ghost is asking, will Odell address his privacy concerns ever over everyone playing Wordle. What is this Wordle thing? I just keep seeing it. I, I keep no seeing idea. squares. Um, um, this is like Boomer Uncle Marty. I see people tweeting about it. I'm like, uh, it seems like one of those terrible facts. I don't even know what you're, what are we talking about? What the fuck it, is Wordle? It, it's like apparently a game. I don't even know what you do. But if you, I don't know if you've seen on your Twitter uh, feed recently, there's blocks. They're either black, yellow, or green. And I guess that's somebody's Wordle performance for the day. I don't know how it works, but I haven't seen it on Twitter. I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Tyler, but uh, can't I'll take a question. shot at it. Don't fucking do it, freaks. It's bad yes. for your privacy. <laughs> we, uh, I have no idea what it is. We're done with the list, and we're on to some TFTC. Like most things in today's age, it's probably bad for your privacy. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, it was a joke. It was all right, Tyler. Uh, okay. I'm I'm curious. I don't know what Wordle is. Um, we'll find out. you'll find out next week yeah uh, housekeeping things uh, Matt and I obviously we're scaling this thing we're adding shows and so we need to clean up the feeds we're going to separate Citadel Dispatch are we doing are we going to separate Rabbit Hole Recap too from the feed yeah right yeah we're going to get three separate feeds we're going to the interview series which will stay on this feed we're going to spin out RHR um, to a separate feed I know Freaks is a big news um, big move but we're going to set up uh, our RHR feed. There's already Citadel dispatch feed, um, and as we scale this up, we're we're going to separate them just for uh, simplicity's sake and organizational state uh, sake. We haven't set up the RHR feed. Yeah. We're going to do that. With so next new- week, yeah. Next yeah. next week, we're still going to have rabbit hole recap on the feed. So don't worry about that yet. It's not on podcast apps yet as a separate feed. But Citadel Dispatch next week is going to be only on the dedicated Citadel Dispatch feed. So if you want to if you want to keep listening to Dispatch, just search Citadel Dispatch in your favorite podcast app and click that subscribe button. Yeah, and go listen to this week's episode too because it was fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just some housekeeping there. What should we riff on? Uh, voltage after we started, 
after we went live, Voltage announced a six million dollars uh, seed round. I saw that. I saw um, that so bull- congratulations to Graham, Paul Miller, and the rest of the team. I just saw them uh, last week as well. Uh, love those dudes. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, creating a, one of the the highest caliber lightning service providers in the game right now. Um, are they? I guess technically they're not an LSP. I think we need to be good about like LSPs provide liquidity, right? Uh, they're like an infrastructure provider. Infrastructure they're provider. Like, you can run a node in the cloud and make it easy to do and stuff like that. I think you can they use. might be an LSP in the future, but I I would probably not categorize them as one right now, right? I don't know. They are providing a lightning service, like helping people spin up nodes. <laughs> it's gonna get super confusing, though. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like the I feel like the accepted nomenclature infrastructure. Well, the accepted the accepted scheme of calling something an LSP is the provider of liquidity. Mm. A lightning okay. service provider is a provider of liquidity, but like I agree that like the words lightning service provider would also you know just generically apply to what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. But then like AWS is also a lightning service provider because you can run L and D on AWS. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Well, shout out to Voltage. Grand Paul. Yeah. Cheers. Um, Love those guys. I do. Paul, it's been funny uh, hanging out with Paul Moore in Austin. Um, shout out to Paul for the, the shoeing gif. I will never stop shoeing. Uh, and, and Paul, Paul, the Pauls are with me at least. Paul liked the shoeing. I'm with the Pauls. Cause it, cause he now knows how to get rid of Ben Carmen. You just shoe him away. I, uh, Go follow Paul on Twitter. He got shadow banned for talking about uh, COVID stuff. Really? At, at, future, at future Paul on Twitter. Have you noticed you haven't seen him on Twitter lately? Yeah, I haven't. Did he really get shadow Yeah, banned? that's why like, I didn't even know he posted the shoe thing until like a week later. I'm pretty... I, me and Paul were talking about this the other... Paul, Paul came over to my house the other day and uh, me, Paul, uh, my lady, and Paul's sister... Uh, just sat around my fireplace uh, discussing building of like building societies, like basically building citadels. We were like, just did citadel theory for like two and a half hours. Um, but he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm shadow banned. That was the point of that story. He's pretty sure that he's shadow banned. Paul, somebody at Twitter get you off the list. The shadow ban list. Uh, Twitter. I don't know how our days are numbered on Twitter and YouTube. Are we just going to fall to like Twitter? Like, I'm just going to. Are we just going to fall to face of the earth? Yeah. To those that don't know, uh, Paul, Paul was the one of the co-founders of the Verge. Uh, he was one of the co-hosts of the Vergecast. Um, he parted ways with them. The Vergecast has fallen off a cliff, and now he is uh, working at Voltage as a Bitcoiner full time. So cheers to him. Um, yeah. We're going to get deplatformed like a motherfucker. <laughs> if that's your question. Uh, I hope not. Susan. <laughs> come on the pod. Come on. Susan, come on the pod. Let's talk. Let's talk. I think our strike on the laser hodl episode should should be taken away, but we'll discuss that in person, Susan. Um, you want to bet? If we get deplatformed or when? No, I don't want to. Pay. Oh no! I mean, they'll never remove the strike. They, I don't think they remove strikes, right? Like no, strikes. They, I've had a strike removed before. 
So this was technically our second strike. Yes, but we only have one strike right now. We got what was the bunch. first strike on before? Some vaccine stuff. I forget exactly what. I had to protest. Like we didn't say what. We, like, I think did you just self censor yourself. Did you just say vaccine? <laughs> I didn't mean to self-censor. Maybe I did though. Uh, I think it was a George Gammon episode, and we didn't uh, say. Honestly, it was pretty, pretty uh, tempered compared to some other stuff that's been said on this on this channel before. <laughs> did you see what Count Bitcoin said? <laughs> no. Are you getting paid to promote strike? <laughs> <laughs> strike, baby. Hey, hey, they're another team killing it. Jack Mallers. He was in Nashville too, wasn't he? Yeah, you guys said he was in Nashville the last meeting. We kept, we kept it on the DL. This is the first public uh, acknowledgement that he was in Nashville. <laughs> My bad. We did, we, did, uh, we did an unannounced fireside chat at Nash Big Corners. Uh, uh, I'm there sorry was about I'm blowing up spot. There was about 150 ride or die Nash Bitcoiners that came out to talk about lightning and had no idea that Jack was going to be there. Um, and we did a fireside and we didn't, we didn't record it because, because uh, Mahler's, well, we did record it and we deleted the recording Boss. because Mahler's just, well, Mahler's just lit as fuck. It was like, a, <laughs> it was, it was a conversation. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck. I'm excited, man. The vibes are high here. The jacks vibes are way are stronger than the bends and the kneels. The bends and the kneels are pissants compared to the jacks. Okay. <laughs> what about the Martys? <laughs> the Martys. Who, who, who else do you have? There's only one motherfucker. There's only one. <laughs> and I'll shoe all of you. I'll shoe all of you. Um, just kidding. I love you, freaks. Ben deserved to get shooed. Okay. He was sitting there. He was like, Shoeable. I think the mats the mats are the strongest, but I stand with the Bens, I mean, the Neils, and the Jacks. You have Corallo, uh, Matt Alborg. Most of the Nims are mats. You just don't uh, know because they're Nims. Yeah, Yada, you do need to get down to Austin, <laughs> guys. Come to Austin. The Commons is here. You definitely got to come check it out. The vibes are going to be high. We're going to be recording here. There's like action going out in the windows behind me behind Carr's desk right now. People are looking in, they're like, oh, this is where TFTC is recording now? I was like, yeah, we're here now. We're at the Bitcoin Commons. We're at Austin. The vibes are going to be high. We're going to have a, we're going to have a legit set here. This is, it's going to be, like Parker was shitting on the set today. It's, it's, they just got internet. They just painted the walls. They just, I couldn't even come in here and do anything until this morning. And you know what, Carr? Uh, 30 yeah, we had 30 minutes and we threw this car through the set together. And we're making it happen. It's going Wait, to did only... Car put the the noise stuff on the noise No, phone? no. This is uh this the building. This this noise stuff uh, going all the way up to the ceiling. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover it with plywood and then put put more pretty stuff on top of that. Are you really gonna cover that with plywood? Yes. Does it so. still? Does that still work then? Yes. Yeah. It's all about the concrete behind it. It's not about bouncing. Isn't no, that why the foam is It's about is there? absorbing. No, because if you do, it, it'll still is absorb noise it. noise stuff the technical term? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. The noise stuff. If you if, if the freaks want to buy some, they should <laughs> just Google noise stuff. Duck, duck, go. <laughs> <laughs> duck, duck, go. Have you been using uh, your iOS device? 
your phone? No. DuckDuckGo just stopped working for me. Do I have to update my? I only use I only use I only use that fucking iPhone for Sphinx chat because it's just still unreliable on Android. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, nah, Duck, it's not called phone. DuckDuckGo is just not working for me on my iPhone. Really? Wait, why. what is it? An app? Yeah, but like you know, it's a website too. You could just like open Safari and type in DuckDuckGo. I know, but I prefer right? the app. Um, Did you try updating it? Like, look. Hit it. They're like boom. they're a pretty professional company. I mean, you should try updating it. This is what's happening to me. Just like trying to open it, it just closes right away. Go go to the app store. I did. I, I tried it. I tried it. Is it have you tried restarting the phone and turning it back on? No, this phone hasn't been turned off in like uh Okay, months. that's what it is. Restart the phone, turn it back on, and then you'll be able to use the app. All right. Let's see if this works. I have DuckDuckGo set as my default search engine on like all my devices. I don't, even know how, I don't even know how and to if, turn off these iPhones anymore. I'm holding down the button. I literally don't know how to... I you have to hold it. the power, the volume down and the power button, I think, at the same time or yeah, something. Yeah, boomer Uncle Marty here. Um, I have to do tech support for all my family's iPhones, <laughs> and I, including including Marty's, apparently. <laughs> I figured it out. Yeah. My dad, uh, I worked, uh, like, I spent 20 minutes the other day trying to get Peacock TV on my dad's Fire TV. <laughs> What's he watching? Um, is he watching? I have no idea. I don't ask him. I is don't he, ask him those questions. And then I checked the. I had after twenty minutes. I had him check the serial number, and the Fire TV of that serial number does not <laughs> does not support like Peacock. Anyway, you had to buy a new one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Peacock. My wife. I was like, no, it didn't work. Um, it's still not working. No. My wife, no, we'll honey, if you're listening, I'm still mad about the Peacock. Like, I'm done with the streaming services. We don't watch that much TV. She's like, we're 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 getting Peacock to watch Yellowstone. I love Yellowstone, but like, I'm not downloading another streaming. What we did, it's just like another five dollars a month. <coughs> Torrents, <coughs> Torrent. <laughs> that was, yeah. We're gonna have to teach you. How to I just Torrance. had a cough. I had a lingering cough. Um, Yellowstone's a great show. Uh. We're out of topics, but I do want to riff. Chairman Powell, it's so weird that he, it's not weird. We discussed this with AJ and Drew yesterday, and I think AJ had a really good point. Like Jamie Dimon's like, yeah, the Fed's going to raise the rate eight times this year. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Speaking of, AJ just peeked in. Um, but how do people actually believe that shit? I don't think they, I don't think they do. I think Jamie's... Uh, the way AJ described it yesterday, Jamie's definitely just talking his book because bank stocks typically do well in a rising rate environment. So he's probably just like, yeah, I would love for rates. No, but I'm saying like, how do people believe Jamie? Like obviously market participants believe it to a certain extent. That's why we've seen asset prices take a dump, including Bitcoin, but also stocks and other, like, like we've seen the dump happen as a response to this, what I believe is a bluff. What I think you agree with is, is mostly a bluff. There might be some small increases, but they can't really do it in any kind of substantial way. But it it's it's it blows my mind that like so many people fucking believe it. I, a lot of the boomers, I feel like, believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, do they believe it or are they just pot? Like again, like the CNBC crowd, they're like posture and like oh, like look at how markets are reacting. Again, it's like all. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, Don't look behind the curtain. Fugazi, Fugazi. Like they're, everybody knows they can't raise rate. Like everybody and their mother, including Jamie Dimon, including Jerome Powell, 
They know they can't do it. They're just playing this song and dance to see how, like, they're just waiting for markets to fall a certain percentage point, and then it'll be an inter an intra meeting emergency uh, rate lowering that that happens, and uh, an announcement of more QA. Like, it's going to come at some point this year, <laughs> and then markets will rally. And so, like, the markets are so fucking fake now. It's like this weird, like, just think about that. Like, everybody's trading the the equities and the equities markets based off the Fed hiking or reducing rates. Nobody's actually going in and looking at P uh, multiples or balance sheets and cash flow and all that shit. They're just literally looking at what the Fed's doing. Like, all right, you're going this direction, short it, you go in the other direction, long it. Like none none of the fundamentals matter. It's a completely clown world market we got and let's not forget that they have circuit breakers that they fucking <laughs> yeah. freeze, freeze the markets if they go down substantially in it's, one day it's called the plunge protection team there's a literal i think that the treasury uh it's it's under the treasury i believe I don't think wait that's called. not a meme that's an actual team i'm pretty sure yes yeah oh i thought that was i'm i don't know i thought that was a meme <laughs> like they definitely have a team that is that but I, I didn't think they went by plunge protection team. I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. It's so... Uh, clown world. Epic clown world. Like the markets don't... And this is like... I was wow. discuss, discussing this last night too. Like Going back to my experience uh, at the fund I worked at out of college. Like I remember we were fund of funds and so I was an analyst and so we indexed other head fund commodity trading advisors and I had access to some of what are considered the most prolific traders, commodity trading advising, commodity trading advisor traders, CTAs that usually use trend following and trade commodities. Um, and access like some of the the greatest traders that came out of what's called the turtle program in the 80s uh and i'd ask them like when i was 22 23 like do you think fed policy is affecting equities prices at all and they they, they played dumb i'm like no no no, no. It's, like, <laughs> it's like stop people like it's it's so well, at least now obvious. People, people know it does right at least like like i think i think i think it's it's mostly it's mostly accepted that that Fed policy has a distinct uh, effect, impact on on global markets. Yeah, just think right? about it. It's just people take the Fed's, you know, projected policy as as gospel when it's you know bullshit. Shout out to Kita for for getting us. So the plunge protection team uh, is. Can you go back to the last comment? I can't read the uh, plunge. Yeah, see, that's exactly what they would call it. Plunge protection team's colloquial name given to the working group on financial markets. Is it, that's that's a classic bureaucratic name. The working group on financial <laughs> markets. Created in nineteen eighty eight. Patriot Act bullshit. To provide financial and economic recommendations to the US president. So yeah, I do think this falls under the uh, the Treasury. Um, well if 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 Parker ever becomes mayor, I hope that he I mean, I guess if he ever runs for federal office, like I hope he passes a bill to uh, rename them to the plunge protection team. Yeah. So members include the chair of the board of governors of the federal reserve, the chair of the securities and exchange commission and the chair of the commodities futures trading commission. Commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the, just think about how 
insane it is, freaks. Like global markets, equities markets specifically, supposed to be trading on the fundamentals of the companies. What product are you producing? What service are you providing? How profitable are you at taking the raw materials to make that product and then selling it uh, to uh, a, a customer base? Like, how are you managing your profits? Are you being uh, a good steward of your shareholders' money by reinvesting it in the company or holding it in a, in a cash balance sheet or investing it wisely? Like, these are the things that should be driving equities markets. Instead, uh, everybody has their eye on one man in the world, Jerome Powell, and what he's saying. It's so crazy that this is the state of the global economy, uh, particularly, more more specifically, the U.S. economy. Uh, but the U.S. economy affects everything, as we know. Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's even more fucked up for the other people. Yeah. Because, like, at least, like, we have, you know, a group of corrupt Americans doing it here. Like, they have a group of foreigners doing it at their, in their, in their economies. Because, like, yeah. what the U.S. does affects everybody. Yeah. And it's, uh, and again, another thing that discussed last night, I think that's what really orange-pilled me early on uh, back in those days was... Mm-hmm. When it came out, and I've said this on this podcast before, like we had, and there was a Fed meeting, and the market just like started skyrocketing after, and I was like, and it was like an analyst. I'm like, why, like, why is this happening? And the algo traders had created algorithms that were trading off the color of Janet Yellen's jacket. She was wearing purple that day, and that was a regal color, strength, a show of strength. And so the al- algos took the color of her jacket and just started pumping markets, like just off what the fuck that old woman wore on that one day. This is the state of our global economy, currency markets, commodities markets, equities markets. Uh, it's all manipulated by the central. Like, just think about how much control these people have. It's insane. Fix the money, fix the world, buy Bitcoin. Stay on the stack sets. Peace and love.